and welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. This is episode number 108, and I truly appreciate you listening in. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Google or Apple Podcasts. Thank you for your support. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. If, you, if you've paid any attention to the news or social media throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sure you have seen or heard about some of the crazy conspiracy theories floating around about the virus, from 5G to packing bubbles filled with infected air. If you're into a good conspiracy theory or two, then the Alberta Podcast Network has just the show for you. On It's a Conspiracy, hosts Andrew, Charlie, and Greg lay out the beliefs behind conspiracy theories, myths, and more. Here they are to tell you about it. It's a Conspiracy. It's a Conspiracy is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network and happily powered by ATB. We are a bi-weekly podcast that aims to discuss selected conspiracy theories, alternative accounts, legends, myths, and more without coloring the topic with our conversation, until the very end of the episode. We also feature beer reviews, lame jokes, bad puns, far too many 80s movies references, geek culture, and general nerdery. Our Our real aim is for for fun, inclusive content that doesn't take itself too too seriously. seriously. You don't have to be blisteringly paranoid of mind control to enjoy a chin wag with your old pals, Greg, Charlie, Andrew, the Irish Madman, and our podcast puppies, Kylo and Ren. It's a Conspiracy is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork for links to It's a Conspiracy and all the other great shows on the network. This week's episode's a little different, everybody. Life happened as it sometimes does, and I do not have a guest interview recorded for this week. So instead, you're stuck with just me. Sorry about that. I want to chat about a few things up front here, and then I have something to share with you regarding some content you can expect to see on future episodes. This pandemic has had a deep impact on all of us, and I fear that we're going to be dealing with the fallout for years to come, economically, socially, emotionally, and more. The barbecue world has not been spared for sure. As with everyone in the food service and hospitality industry, barbecue restaurants have had to pivot and make massive changes to the way they do business. Our friends in the U.S. are seeing a resurgence of the virus, and many states that had reopened are closing back up again. Fortunately, for most of us here in Canada, the spread of the virus has been slow and somewhat controlled. Many restaurants have been able to reopen for dining in, with protocols in place, of course, but I do know of a couple for sure that, for the time being, have opted to stick with the takeout and delivery-only method, while they formulate a reopening action plan that will work for both their staff and their customers. On the competition barbecue side, I don't know of any competitions in Canada that are going ahead for 2020. I sit on the board of Barbecue on the Bow here in Calgary, and we made the heartbreaking decision a couple of weeks ago to not move forward with the event this year. We did look at a number of different formats and scenarios that might have worked, but in the end we all knew it was the right decision, as hard as it was. There have been some competitions happening in the U.S., but I heard this week that the IBCA sanctioning body in Texas has put a halt to all of their events as the case numbers rise dramatically. 
It is a crazy and unprecedented time we're living through, the kind of stuff that will be taught in history lessons in years to come. I urge you all to stay safe, wear a mask unless you're unable to, and take care of one another. We're all in this together, and we will get through it together. This virus doesn't care what color your skin is or how much money you make. It doesn't care about your politics or your religion or where you live for that matter. There are simple steps we can all take to stop or at least slow the spread, but we all need to do our part. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. If you choose Park Power, your money stays here. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Friends, I've got an important question for you. What is Alberta Barbecue? As you've probably guessed by listening to the show, I'm fascinated by the history of this food we all love called barbecue. I've read numerous books on the history behind some of the regional variations of food, like Carolina Whole Hog or the meat markets turned barbecue joints in Texas. The true origin of the word barbecue seems to be up for some debate. The word did first appear in the English Dictionary in the mid-1700s and credits it to the West Indies as a term for cooking a whole hog over a charcoal fire. As for the origin of the food itself, it makes sense to me that virtually every culture can lay claim to some sort of cooking over fire. Long before various cooking methods and meat choices could be easily exported from one region of the globe to another. There are countless stories from the southern U.S. of enslaved Africans cooking barbecue, both for gatherings put on by the slave owners and also for their own gatherings, using less desirable cuts of meat that would have been given to them. It's pretty widely accepted that today's southern barbecue owes itself to these origins, but obviously, people in the Americas were cooking over fire long before this. For quite some time now, I've wanted to explore the origins and history of barbecue and open fire cooking here in Alberta, but life gets in the way of such pursuits sometimes. The conversation I had recently for this podcast got me thinking about it again, though. I had Terry Andreo on the show a few weeks back, and he talked about coming up with an Alberta flavor profile, or taste profile, for barbecue here in the province. I loved the idea, and I asked you, the listeners, for some suggestions about ingredients that are native to Alberta that might go into this. I got some great ideas, proteins such as bison and elk, other great ideas like mushrooms, sage, and Saskatoon berries. I love the thought of coming up with an Alberta flavor profile for barbecue, something we can truly call Alberta barbecue. We have a lot of truly amazing barbecue restaurants right across this province, and I love bringing you their stories on this podcast and helping to promote them in any way I can. They are kicking out some awesome food, but I don't think of it as Alberta barbecue. As you'd expect, they all draw inspiration from our neighbors to the south, and with good reason. I've said it many times, the southern U.S. is decades, if not centuries, ahead of us when it comes to barbecue culture. Southern barbecue is as popular now as it ever has been, and when customers in Alberta go to a barbecue restaurant, they want a taste of that delicious southern barbecue. And that's what our Alberta barbecue joints provide them with, and they do it very, very well, and should continue to do so. 
This certainly is not a rant against our local Alberta barbecue joints. Heck, going down to Texas needing at some of the best places in that state like Louis Mueller, Snows, Franklin, Truth, Regals, and more is what really kick-started this little journey I'm on. If I can get a taste of that here in Alberta, well, I'm all for it. What I'm talking about, and what I think Terry was talking about, is something more grassroots. A movement by Albertans who love barbecue and who are proud of where they live to develop a flavor profile using ingredients that are local and native to Alberta. Beef isn't king in Texas by accident, just the same as it isn't a fluke that if you go into Skylight Inn in North Carolina and order barbecue, you're getting whole hog. Cattle were plentiful in Texas, just as hogs were in Carolinas. For this same reason, depending on where in the Carolinas go, you go, the sauces differ. Folks used what was available to them. The same goes all around the world. I had Ben Arnott from Australia on the show last week. Guess what's popular cook there? That's right, lamb. Because it has been available and plentiful. However, as we look forward to developing something truly Albertan, I'm still intrigued about looking back at the history of open fire cooking here in Alberta, and also the history of barbecue restaurants in the province. I'm familiar with and have tried to share with you the stories of the barbecue joints currently operating here, but what about in the past? Surely there were some predecessors to the current crop of restaurants. And if we're going to talk about the history of live fire cooking in Alberta, the only place to start is with the indigenous people of the province. In a 2017 article in Culinaire magazine, Anna Brooks wrote, There's no disputing who was here first. Indigenous tribes in Canada date back 10,000 years, which means their food does too. While restaurants dedicated to indigenous cuisine may be few and far between, survival tactics, today's food trends, like smoking and curing meats, all started with Alberta's first people. Before European and U.S. settlers stumbled across Alberta in the 1600s, First Nations, formerly known as the Plains People, grew potatoes, corn, and squash, but their main source of sustenance was bison. Bison yielded a huge amount of meat, which is typically roasted on a spit, and then preserved through salting and drying. Rich, nutritious soups were also made by boiling meat in a skin bag with hot stones. When we talk meat in Alberta, the first that usually comes to mind is beef, with good reason. But bison, along with elk and deer, are truly the indigenous Alberta species. Speaking of beef, what about Alberta's rich cattle ranching heritage? Settlers and ranches began introducing cattle into southern Alberta in the 1860s through the 1880s. With this development came cattle drives and chuck wagon cooking over a live fire. I want to delve into this and find out what they were cooking. I've got a backyard pit myself coming uh, this year from Jared at Alberta Barbecue, and I'm excited about the prospect of cooking over a live fire with a spit or hanging meat over the flames or by cooking directly on the coals in the pit. There's something primal and basic about it that I can't wait to explore. So here's the deal with this whole conversation I'm having with you today. I am going to be starting a new series within the podcast called What is Alberta Barbecue? These episodes will be mixed in with the usual content you've come to expect from me, and I will explore the history of barbecue and open-fire cooking in the province, and I will have discussions with stakeholders about where Alberta barbecue is headed. I've been in contact with an Indigenous chef here in Calgary and hope to be bringing you her story on an upcoming podcast soon. I'm also working on getting an interview scheduled with a local Western historian to learn about the history of cooking on the range. 
I'm going to be sitting down next week with Karen from Alberta Food Tours to talk about the province's food history and indigenous ingredients. I don't know where this journey may lead, but I'm excited to document it and bring it to you. But first, here is my call to action to you, my loyal listeners. I'm looking for information and starting points. There's not a lot online when I search up for Alberta barbecue history. Are there barbecue restaurants from years gone by that you remember? Any Alberta and Western history buffs out there that may be interested in talking to me about, about outdoor cooking back in our province's formative years? If you can think of anything at all that you think might be helpful, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I love hearing from you. My email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. After 24 years, I feel like I've lived in Calgary forever, but I know that I'm still a relative newcomer to this place, and I hope that you can help a brother out with some information. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope it wasn't too boring. As I record this, I just got back home from recording a great interview for next week's episode, so don't fear, you will have a different voice to listen to in seven days. That is a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. They sure help increase the show's visibility. Visit www.albertabbqtrail.com for my listing of Alberta barbecue joints, and get out there and show them some support. They still need you. You can find me on Twitter at EatMoreBarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Till next time, folks. Keep on smoking, take care of one another, and stay safe. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Thank you.